0: Praise the Lord, and thank you once again for joining us on the unction. As I've said last time, I sincerely hope that our partners who supported us on Monday night are sleeping and resting. We're here because we had some video issues, we had some audio issues, and we're trying our best to work through them, and we hope that we're getting a feed, we hope that we're getting sound. At this time, and um, we are just going to give a brief word so that we can check levels and at the same time still have something to offer. Once again, thank you for joining me on the Unction. I am Pastor Ray, where we give the word of God and we depend on the spirit of God to edify the people of God. All right, Sister Deborah, thank you for letting me know that we sound great. Thank you for letting me know that we're doing good. The servers, it looked like they're kind of uh, sketchy right now. It, it seems like we're, we're jumping around, but we're going to flow as best we can for these few moments. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk about the temperament of bishopric. Uh, bishopric is a fancy word for overseership. If you go to the book of Acts, chapter 20, When Paul knew that he had to leave, he had to depart, and he was about to lay down his life, he spoke to the elders in that place, and he said, keep charge of the flock, which is pastorship, over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers. That's bishopric. So he called called them Presbyterians, elders, told them to keep charge of the flock, feed the flock, which is pastorship over which the Holy Ghost have given you uh, overseership. That's the episcopy, the, the, the oversight over the flock. And Paul knew that he could not stay here forever. So there had to be qualified men, qualified people who knew how to take care of the people of God and love the people of God. Why? Because grievous wolves would come in. He said, grievous wolves would come in who would not spare the flock. And that's where we are today. Grievous wolves who are here to get their money. Grievous wolves who are here to take people's wives. Grievous wolves who are here to mess over people's children. And we who are in the place of overseership have to be sincere about this walk. Uh, Someone put on here. Lens that right. I watched your live and it was a fine video quality. I could hear you. So I didn't have a problem watching it. The one you just did a couple hours ago. I'm glad some people could get it. Some people couldn't. And for those of you who were able to hear, I am so glad you were able to hear Then I was getting messages that people could not hear on the live. So I had to rewire our system. To, to get it right, so I'm glad we're, we're talking right. But like I said, if I'm gonna be on here testing, I wanna take a few minutes to just offer something to think about as we choose to figure out who is our covering. Because if the word of God is not properly exegete, exegeted to the people, uh, then the saints won't know what to be looking for. I noticed that there are books and chapters that pastors... Totally avoid because they don't want their skirt tail pulled. But I'm going to get into the temperament of bishopric. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to start at verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. That's the first thing. There is no other foundation to lay. When you have false prophets and false apostles, Saying that if if you get your all that you know of God from the Bible, or then you don't have the secret of God, because there are things that God's going to reveal to you that are extra biblical. Let me help you to understand something. The Lord cannot. Uh, I I will say it like this. In the sense that the Lord will guide you in your personal life, yes, the Holy Spirit has to lead and guide you in all truth. But everything that the Holy Spirit does must be filtered through the truth of the word of God. I don't care what you're receiving or how strong of the experiences is to you. If it is not rooted in this book, I won't take it. I would not take it. I would not bet my soul upon extra biblical experience. The foundation standeth sure. Sure. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone the foundation being built by the apostles and prophets period period the foundation the video is kind of skippy i don't know if it's the server i'm i'm what i'm going to try next is to reinstall the app now it says the foundation stand of sure the lord know of them that are his And let everyone that name of the name of Christ depart from iniquity. See, that sounds very different from the so-called prophets today. Let everyone who named the name of Jesus depart from iniquity. The prophets today will sit and tell you crazy things like, there is no explicit scripture that says that Sex before marriage is a sin. See, that's that's not how Paul taught. Paul don't say, Half the Lord said, Half the Lord truly said. No, that's the that is the word of the serpent. The apostles say, if you belong to Christ, if you name the name of Jesus, you will depart from iniquity, deep seated sin under the surface. You will depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold. In other words, everybody don't have the same quality in their spirituality. There are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. In this Christian walk, you're going to see all kinds of degrees of fellowship with God. You're going to see some vessels walking in honor and you're going to see some people walking in dishonor. Lord have mercy. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. See, that's a vessel of honor. He is prepared unto every good work. Now it says in verse 22, the second Timothy chapter two, verse 22. This is once again, very different from I'm gonna call the name again, Lovi Elias. Lovi Elias give you pause to think about sinning. But Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22 says, flee also youthful lusts. Get out of there. But follow righteousness. Run away from you for lusts, but be in the pursuit of righteousness. This is the temperament. Come on here. This is the temperament. Of bishopric. A person who is truly called of God to oversee is gonna run away from you for lust because when you sit around you for lust, it'll mess you up. There was a preacher from New York, Jamaica, New York, by the name of Apostle Johnny Washington. I tell this story often. He preached a sermon and it sounded real good. Uh, when you're a holiness preacher, it sounds like, oh, a superhero, or I want to be like that. He said, I don't care if a woman take off all her clothes and shake in front of me. I don't see nothing but a soul. And when I was growing up in church, in the holiness church, there was a, a lady who would put that man in front of us men and say, y'all ought to be able to do just like that. And so we was trying to figure out what is wrong with our nature as men. And what we should have been asking is, what's wrong with his nature as a man. What would make a man say that? That's not nature, okay? Paul didn't say, if you see you for lust, the, the things of the flesh, let it shake in front of you. Paul said, flee, get out of there. You're not made for that. You're not built for that. So uh, the that woman who was putting that preacher in our face to try to say we need to be like him, she meant well, That we should be able to possess our body in honor and our vessels in honor and so forth. But at the end of the day, the prescription of the apostle is get out of there, brother. Flee youthful lust. But what you ought to do is be in the pursuit of righteousness. I say this all the time. Righteousness is a very rare quality. Righteousness is a very rare quality in the church. What do I mean by that? See, this is the temperament of an overseer. Righteousness is a very rare quality. This is what I mean. When it's my kids doing the dirt, we going to take it light. But when it's your kids doing the dirt, we going to kill them. When it's my family doing ratchet stuff. I have an excuse for them because you don't know what my family go through. You don't know what the first family dealing with. You don't know what the pastor and leading lady got to deal with. So when our family do something ratchet, you don't have no right to talk about them. But when it comes to the people in the audience, they family doing what they family do. We going to talk about them. We going to gossip about them. We going to drag their name through the church. Why? Because righteousness is a very rare quality in the church. It's very rare what's good for the goose is good for the gander. When the pastor won't allow you to idolize him and his wife, him and his children, when the pastor calls right, right, wrong, wrong, no matter who it is, what it is, where it is, that is a very rare quality in God's church. A true overseer, pastor, leader is in the pursuit of righteousness he that do right is righteous and it's very rare it says in verse uh, 22 flee you for lust but follow righteousness faith we need to believe and hold fast to the things of God like I said earlier let's not be flippant with doctrine charity we have to be a people of love, peaceful. You ever see leaders fight all the time, always in a brawl? You you talking about me, people dragging my name through the church. I mean, see, some people don't have the temperament of leadership. There's a lady here in Charlotte. Every time she get overwhelmed, she get on Facebook and start cussing everybody out. There's a, a lady pastor here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Her and her husband, she she the, the woman over the church, really. Her husband somewhere in the shadows doing his thing in the background. God knows what, but we'll see in a little while. But this lady gets up on Facebook. She'll get up in church, cuss everybody out. Every time she get overwhelmed. Why? Because she's not a leader. She don't have the temperament. God didn't call you to do it. And that's why you keep getting overwhelmed. And she'll put out these decrees in the church. She'll say, next Sunday, make sure you bring a woman. I want every woman in here to bring three women. Why? Because you know how to play on emotion. You know how to play on anger. You know how to play on loneliness. You know how to play on the very thing that you've allowed men to play on in you. So now you've taken on the mold of the men who dogged you and now you dogging a whole congregation of other women, which is sick, which is sick because you don't have a peaceful temperament. You're at war with yourselves. When you know how to be a leader and you know how to control your spirit, you will not be moody all the time. People... People don't have, let me tell you, I, I am angry when I walk into a church and I see everyone in the congregation trying to satiate the leader. It is infuriating every time when I walk into a church and I see the congregation Walking on eggshells, trying to make sure pastor don't get mad. Walking on eggshells, trying to make sure a leading lady doesn't get upset. Walking on eggshells, trying to make sure the first family isn't mad at anything they do. Because they don't have a peaceful temperament. Jesus Christ is the prince of peace, and these things are rare in leadership, and if you don't know what to look for, you will think abuse equals love, and the reason why, and, and my, my friend off of, um, it says uh, be heard period, there's a, a guy on t- TikTok, be heard period, he's on Facebook, be heard period. And, and we've we've had passions between one another. I disagree with him on some things. He disagreed with me on some things. But I take him to be a brother in Christ. He has a good heart. And I, and I see the love of Christ in him. You know, every, everybody has different degrees of, of whatever. But one thing he talked about is when you don't understand what a, a real peaceful environment is at home, you think that dysfunction at church is normal because of the dysfunction that we experience in our communities, in our homes, in our marriages, in our families. And because we haven't seen dysfunction in our lives, we think it's normal. And when we go to church and see dysfunction, we think that's how a pastor supposed to act. We think that's how a leading lady is supposed to act, which is not really a thing. A first family is not really a thing. Either God called you to do the work and everybody else is supposed to fall in compliance like everybody else in the church. That's one thing about my family. I thank the Lord. We already have it in our minds. The Lord called me to be the pastor. He ain't called me and my wife to be the pastor. She's my help I'm the pastor. And and any animal with two heads on it is something wrong with it. Now we're one in the spirit, but she's my help I set vision. I set vision. And and Order need to come back to God's house. We're in chaos. And I don't i don't mean to ruffle feathers here in the midnight hour. But order needs to come back to God's house. And my family already understands the Lord called me to pastor a ministry. And everybody else has to do what God told them to do. My wife has to be a sister in the Lord. She has to be a mother in the church to help birth the ministry. All right? That's your job. That my my son is a drummer. My daughter helps to sing on the choir. These young people in the church, in the youth ministry, are being obedient and falling in compliance like everyone else because that is what they are there to do. Do you have the temperament of leadership? If you have dysfunction in your home, dysfunction carries over into the church environment. And we think that's normal, having pastor kings and and. And pastor, wife, queens, and prince and princesses in the church. We think that's normal because everywhere else, people are trying to establish that dominance and hierarchy. But in the church, it's not so. Jesus is the prince of peace. And let the greatest among you be the servant of all. Do we have the temperament of leadership? Let's go back to the scriptures. I don't care what they're preaching in the conference. Let's get back in the scriptures. It says... Verse 22, flee also you for lust, but fall out righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Be peaceful with people. Verse 23, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid. See, I've learned this too as a leader. Some people want help and some people want to win an argument. Some people want help and some people want to win an argument. And that's why some people follow different ministries they don't there are certain ministries out here that are good for winning arguments but in the meantime you nasty that's why I don't have any kind of respect for the geno worshipers they know who they are I often bring them up that's why I have no respect for the geno worshipers because I notice that they like to win arguments they don't win none with me because i i'll make i'll break you But they like to win arguments, but they nasty. They like to win arguments, but their marriages are crazy. They like to win arguments, but their own children can't stand them. They like to win arguments, but they're alienated from, from like normal society because of their religiosity. I'm not talking about righteousness and truth because there's a lot more enemies against me because, like I said, I get attacked by the Herodians and the Pharisees like Jesus did. It ain't just the Pharisees like me and the Herodians don't like me or the Herodians like me and and the Pharisees don't like me. No, I get attacked by the Herodians and the Pharisees like Jesus did, Mark 3, 6. So my thing is these people are weird for the sake of being weird. And they have foolish, unlearned questions. These are foolish unlearned. Some questions do not come from a place of knowledge. Some questions come from a place of absolute ignorance. As if if I went to a car today and I said, um, hey, I'm looking at your car. Where's your front crank? What, what do you mean? You know, on a car, there's a crank you have to do in the front and then you crank up the engine and you get it going. It's not the 19, what, 20s or whenever that happened, uh, Ford made the first vehicles where you got to crank it in front. I'm asking questions about something that ain't there. It's a foolish and unlearned question. It's not coming from a place of actual knowledge. And there are people who are always arguing in the church, but the argument is not coming from the, the knowledge of Christ. The argument is coming, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. The wisdom of this world is sensual and devilish. You're ever learning, but you don't ever come to know the truth that transforms you and makes you free. You don't ever come to know the truth that makes you free. The Bible is not just intellectual assent. It is application and alive. But these questions come from a place that are, that is foolish and unlearned. Let us keep going. I'm almost done. It says, knowing that they do gender stripes. If all people want to do is fight and argue in church, they're not serious about God. Um, th- there's something I'm going to talk about in the in the near future. And, um, you know, people like to start arguments, but they don't even understand the depth of what they're arguing about. They're arguing on the surface and don't even have the terminology to properly articulate their stance, or whatever their thesis is. I'm going to go to verse 24, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive. This is another part of our temperament as bishops, as overseers and leaders in the church. If somebody liked to fight, if somebody liked to debate, If we have to defend the gospel, we defend the gospel. But when somebody is always in the mode, I want to fight somebody today. Listen, you're not for leadership. You might want to get into uh, uh, apologetics, uh, whatever the case may be. But as far as the temperament of bishopric, true leadership not here to get in fistfights every week. True leadership is here to lead. We're here to build. We're here to transform and to uh, uh, articulate truths that would allow us to build up in the kingdom. We're not here to be in a fist fight every week. The Bible says, and the servant of the Lord, 2 Timothy 2, chapter 2, verse 24, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. You ever seen a bishop that can't form two sentences? You ever seen chief apostles who can't rub two scriptures together and they the, chief, they the Pope? You ever seen people who demand that you would be in compliance to their ministry, but yet when you ask them about the scriptures, they start talking about anything, werewolf, uh, camel, uh, camel hump, dragonfly, and you're like, what are you talking about, man? I cannot stand arrogance when someone don't take the time to truly search through the scripture, to have the mindset of the Bereans to see if these things are so, to see if these things are true. It's a spirit of arrogance that want power and authority, but don't understand their purpose. They don't understand. Don't ask for authority, and don't understand the author of this authority. Good God in heaven! It says you must be apt to teach and patient. Um, there is a trick that cults like to do. Cultists and cultic organizations like to like to do. There's a trick. See, this word says patient. It says in verse 24 of 2 Timothy chapter 2 that you must be patient to have bishopric. And one trick that the cultists like to do is this. When I don't want to be patient with someone and help them to understand, help them to come into the knowledge of truth, help them to come on over to a better understanding of theology, what I would do is say, whatever you disagree with me about is Blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. That is one of the easiest way to just discharge and dis, uh, dismiss people. Uh, there are many denominations who use this tactic. I'm not going to call out my name because I want many people as possible to hear what I'm saying. When you have a ministry that is quick to characterize everything that they strongly disagree with as blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, when there are legitimate quandaries, when people are truly trying to understand, when people are truly trying to work out their soul salvation with fear and with trembling and respect to the text and respect to the, the logos of the word and, and, and truly trying to exegete the scripture in proper historical, um, historical, contextual, linguistic, and and, and and all types of true context of, of the script, the Holy Writ. When, when people are trying to do this and you want to say, well, I disagree with you strongly, so I'm going to characterize, uh, categorize what you're saying as blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. This is not a patient spirit. These are people who do not want argument. These are people who do not want critical thinking. They don't want you to search the scriptures. They don't want you to really ask God for understanding. There's a scripture I like to give to cultists. Trust in your leader with all of your heart. And lean to however your leader understands it. In all your ways, acknowledge your leader. And your leader will direct your paths. Because these people are not taught to really depend on the Holy Spirit to illuminate. Just trust whatever we tell you it means. Now, the pastors give you the word of the Lord, and we do explain, but the inspiration of the Almighty is what giveth man understanding, Job chapter 32. The inspiration of the Almighty causes one to understand. That's why the name of this program is The Unction. It says that you have no need that any man should teach you, but you have, a under, you have an unction with the Holy One, and it says you know all things. It is the unction of the Holy One that causes you to know. Not me yelling at you for three hours until you just submit and say, well, my grand hoopah knows everything. Help me, God. We have to be apt to teach impatient. Verse 25. Look, look, this is very different from what we see on YouTube. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. You don't see that much. You oppose me. I'm talking junk. I'm beating you up. I'm, I'm gonna fuss at you. I'm gonna hog the microphone. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna have a bully pulpit. I'm gonna out talk you. I'm gonna out yell you. But the scripture says in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if god see here's the goal i'm not here to embarrass you i'm not here to make you feel bad i'm not here to beat you down it says if god peradventure will give them repentance hopefully god will give you a change of mind hopefully god will turn around your thinking Hopefully, the Lord will allow you to see it in a new way. Peradventure, the Lord will give you repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by Him at His will. This is the temperament of bishopric. Holiness, righteousness, faith, patience meekness in other words if you're under leadership that's not displaying the fruit of god's spirit this is not leadership to hold to and that's why we exist on the unction to show folk who are who may have been raised in dysfunction who not who are not able to identify dysfunction in their ministries We're here to show you in the scriptures, this is dysfunction. The Holy Ghost is not telling these people to abuse you. The Holy Spirit is not telling these people to talk to you like you're trash. The Holy Spirit is not talking to these people and telling them to use up your money and you go to church and pour and pour and pour. And I thank God for those who do know how to sow and give. Because those who came to the unction, I'm not going to ask for an unction uh, offering tonight, right now. But I thank God for those who gave earlier. There's a brother who was out of work, and the unction was able to be a blessing to him. It was a brother who, he's, he's serving the Lord, he's doing the best he can, he has a wife, he has a family. And because we came together here, I was able to bless someone else. This ministry doesn't just look out for me even though I definitely need a new tablet. I, something's going on with my internet. Something goes on with the sound. Lord, help us. But I know that if I move how God tell me to move, God's going to take care of all this. All of this will get together. So once again, when you go to leadership, look for the temperament of bishopric. Bishopric Bishop Rick is uh, Episcopos in the Greek, um, in the the. Latin churches, they would talk about the episcopy or whatever. These are the the overseership. And Paul, I want to say these words are interchangeable because um, we like to do rank and file. A lot of stuff comes from the Catholic Church. Jesus said the Gentiles love authority. But if you look at the book of Acts chapter 20, Paul, when he was in his departure, and I'm, I'm ending here, he said, gather the elders, this is the Presbytery, he said, Feed the flock of God, that's pastorship, over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers. That's oversight. So the elders pastored the people and had oversight. It wasn't separate callings. It's separate today because we're we're looking from a Western mindset. But in Paul's day, he told Timothy, ordain elders in every city capable men who could who could carry the oracles of God. So Timothy looked for elders, experienced men, experienced people who didn't just start on this road, all right? I got saved yesterday. I'm ready to pastor and, and preach because I have a good hoop and I learned 10 scriptures. No, 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 no. He said, find some experienced men who really know what this walk is about. And then he said to the elders, feed the flock of which the Holy Ghost have made you bishops, overseers. It was all one thing. It was all one thing. And and we all have a job to feed. And I thank God for you all who were here tonight. Um, go get some rest. I'm doing this to check my levels. Uh, you get some rest. And allow God to refresh you. And I'm going to go get some rest. But I was very concerned because I taught. I mean, I taught a few hours ago. I mean, I let it rip. And there were people who got on and said, we cannot hear you. So there's a problem in the wiring, but we're, we're saving up. We got things we want to do for God. And like I said, we were just now able to bless someone who didn't have much. He's, you know, in a different period of time. And so the unction came together a few hours ago and we were able to bless someone in need. That's what this ministry does. But at the same time, we're going to take care of ministry needs too. Thank you. Keep us in prayer. Uh, Continue to support this platform. Like, share, subscribe. It helps with the algorithms of whatever the world YouTube wants. And so we're going to continue to build here in this platform. It's doing well. Uh, 2,000 in under a year with no backing, no prior experience. I don't know much about this. I'm very introverted. Um, I'm a full-time pastor. I have a lot going on in the city. But I'm grateful for everyone who has subscribed, turned on the notification bell, Uh, everyone who gives us those thumbs up and, and supports this. God bless you and keep you. Once again, this has been the unction where we give the word of God and we depend on the spirit of God in order to edify the people of God. God bless you. Have a wonderful night.